The angel came to Mary and said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Those are from Luke chapter 1, verses 28 and 42, and this is the Living the Word Bible Podcast. I'm Sarah Chris Meyer, talking with women about the Bible and the difference it makes in our lives. The verses that I just read not only form the basis of the Hail Mary prayer, which we all know, they come from the Annunciation and the Visitation, the first two joyful mysteries of the Rosary, which along with the other mysteries give us a beautiful way to meditate on the events of our Lord's life as seen by His Mother, who kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. And as we prepare this month to celebrate the memorial of Our Lady of the Rosary, I have invited Susan Wallace to give us some insight into praying what is known as the Scriptural Rosary. Susan is the Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at Holy Cross Family Ministries, and she also contributed to the Living the Word Catholic Women's Bible, an essay on praying the Scriptural Rosary. So Susan, welcome to the Living the Word Bible Podcast. Thanks, Sarah. It's great to be here. And and I love talking about the rosary. And you're talking about my favorite, the joyful. Although I'm not really sure I'm supposed to have favorite mysteries, but I will admit I do. (laughs) I do like those joyful. Yes, uh, I like those as well. But before we get too far into that topic, I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, sure. I'd love to. I guess first and foremost, I'm a mother. And that, of course, has shaped my life immensely. I have a daughter, she's in her 40s now, and I have two grandsons. So I can't tell you how joyful that is and how different. You know, I went from one child, raising one child alone, no sibling rivalry, and (laughs) a girl. And now I have two boys, and they're rolling all over each other, and they're very loud. And it's just been such a joy. But I'm getting a taste of what others face with sibling rivalry, and actually what I remember from my own childhood. So it's been a a very uh, rich experience for me. That's really lovely. I know exactly what you're talking about, the difference between the girls and the boys. Although my daughter was um, pretty much the tomboy compared to my three boys. (laughs) So (laughs) it doesn't always work out that way. So tell us just in a, a few sentences, you know, what is it that you do for Holy Cross Family Ministries? For those that don't know, we're a global ministry founded by Father Patrick Payton, known as the Rosary Priest. And we have 27 ministry centers in 17 countries. Oh, wow. I know. And it's so no two days are ever alike. Um, You know, we do media production for families out of our um, production company in Hollywood. They're doing media all over the world because, you know, the world's changed. Everyone's in media now. But we have a, a formal organization, Family Theater Productions, that does that. So I'm, I'm blessed to work a little bit with everyone. Most of my work is in the U.S. So it, it's very rich. And uh, I feel very blessed. I came from the corporate sector 23 years ago, which I can't believe it when I say that number. And, you know, when you when you take that leap, uh, of course, my family thought I was crazy because mm-hmm. I was leaving a secure corporate job as a single mother. And, you know, you take a cut and pay and go work for the church. They're all like, what is she doing? Yeah. But here I am. So it, it's been quite the journey. And it's a little bit of marketing, a little bit of PR, lots of social media, a little bit of everything, which is fun for me. You know, no two days, as I said, no two days are alike. 
Yeah, well, thank you for, for taking that leap and doing that. Very rewarding for you, but also wonderful for all those who benefit from Holy Cross Family Ministry. So as I was uh, reading up a little bit about that ministry, and I see that Father Peyton is really known, very well known for his motto, which I was familiar with before, the family that prays together stays together. And I understand that that has special meaning to you. Did that describe your family when you were growing up? That's a great, great story, actually. Um, it's what brought me here. I grew up in a home where we didn't, honestly, we didn't pray a lot. We prayed bedtime prayers, grace at meals. Um, we're staid New Englanders. We weren't real showy with our prayer. And you can tell I'm, I'm kind of a lively, energetic person. <laughs> I kind of love that as I've grown to come to that over the years and, and been around people that are very comfortable with extemporaneous prayer, but that was not my family. We did a lot of service. We did a lot of service together through various parish organizations and other groups, um, Marcha Dimes being one of them. We went out with my mother every spring through the neighborhood. She was, you know, back in the day, they would have neighborhood chair people. And so we were always about service, which, you know, as you get older, it, it just such a natural part of your life. We all continue it. And even those of my siblings that may not be as active in the faith, they're all active in some sort of service, which is mm. nice to see. But interestingly enough, I met the president of this organization, the man, that, the priest that was president uh, back more than 23 years ago, through a friend at work. I had a mentor in my corporate position at Ocean Spray, and she said, you know, there's a ministry coming to this area, and I, I really think you should talk to them. Well, it was go have coffee tomorrow morning at 10. So I, I didn't even look them up. <laughs> and I show up for coffee, and he hands me a brochure, and on it, it says, the family that prays together stays together. Well, as you know, everyone in the world knows that phrase. They may not know it was Father Peyton. He was so humble. He never pushed himself. He pushed Our Lady. Hmm. And he pushed those phrases to engage people. Well, I left that coffee hour and called my mother's sister. My, my own mother uh, was already deceased at the time. And I called my aunt and I said, you know, auntie, I, I've got... Well, let me back up for a minute. I have a plaque in my home since I was a young bride that I took from my mother's house when I formed my own house. And it's a very cheesy ceramic plaque. It's the 1950s proverbial praying hands and wheat, uh -huh. <laughs> which anyone my age can picture that from the 50s. And on it, it says the family that prays together stays together. It's even chipped. I'm one of six kids. It's even got a couple of chips in it. <laughs> so you grew up with that in your home then? I did. And then I took it to my home when I got married. And now all of a sudden, here I am talking to them, you know, many, many years later. So I called my aunt and I said, you know, auntie, I have this plaque. Where would mom have got it? And she goes, oh, oh, that's Father Peyton's organization. She said, we all had those. I don't know where mine is. We all, meaning she and her sisters, my mother, was one of five girls. And I said, I think I'm going to work for them. <laughs> And six months later, I did. <laughs> and here I am 23 years later. Do you still have that plaque? I do. Oh. Yes. Well, so it's intriguing to me that obviously you had a faith-filled family, but you said you didn't pray together very much. And yet there was that plaque sort of maintaining that idea. Um, how did you sort of segue into praying together? Or did you? We do probably more than. Um, 
I did as a child. Of course, I, I prayed more with my own daughter. I had a great need for it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was instilled in all of us. So there, there was an openness to it, even though we're in this area. As I said, people don't really pray openly like that. So I'm, I'm the one that's always uh, before family dinners and birthday parties and, you know, stopping for a moment and sharing a prayer and a, a gratitude. And especially for those that have gone before us. And you can hear my voice choking up. My family laugh because every time I do this, I cry. And it's always uh, a cry of of joy. Everyone knows those joyful tears that here we are gathered together, siblings and kids and grandkids. And we're so blessed despite the challenges in our lives. We're so blessed. And so it's important to do that. My family counts on me doing it. On occasion, I'll coax someone else. But, you know, it's, again, still a, a rather quiet But, you know, we have other practices, like one thing we do, if someone's sick or someone has something major happening, we pray a novena together Mm -hmm. and we do it through email. You know, we just send it out to everyone and say, start on this date. You know, someone's having surgery on this date, so we'll end the day before. And so we've got lots and lots of novenas going on in the course of a year. And it's just a great way to... um, to pray together and I'll get emails. Gee, would you put together a novena? This is coming mm, up. It's lovely. So we've got different ways of praying as a family. Now, what prompted your interest in the Blessed Mother and most specifically in the rosary? Oh my gosh. So, you know, I think it's, it's twofold. One is you become a young mother and you're looking at the world so differently. And here I am in my 20s, a young mother and, um, you know, just typical struggles at that point. And a grandmother-in-law, um, at the time, I'm divorced, but at the time my husband's paternal grandmother passed away and an old Portuguese family, mm. you know, their, their devotions and, and the Portuguese I loved, you know, it resonated with me. Other cultures really embrace Our Lady and so many things, I think, more openly than my staid family did. And I was invited to go into her bedroom because we all gathered the day she died. And I was invited with other family members to go to her bedroom and take something personal. Hmm. And that was so uncomfortable for me. And so everyone was taking like statues. Some were taking a piece of jewelry. Well, I was an in-law. I, I wasn't going to take too much. Let me <laughs> tell you. And I, I was so afraid I'd take something that someone else wanted. I noticed on her nightstand with her Bible and her rosary beads and other things, this prayer card. And it was like a bifold prayer card. It was actually all taped together. It was so old and worn. Mm. And it was a prayers to Our Lady. And, you know, I kind of looked around like, oh, is someone going to want this? And I finally said, probably not, you know. And so I I took it. But, you know, I'm asking, is this okay? And they're looking at me kind of weird, like, that's what you're going to (laughs) take? And that kind of started my real walk with Mary. It wasn't even the rosary at this point. It was just some prayers and a little story, but it, it just resonated and it touched me. And mm. I, I just feel his grandmother must have used this and prayed with this quite a bit. It really touched me. So then how did you start praying the rosary? A couple of years later, my second daughter, I had another child, was born with a chromosomal birth defect and um, she was given a year to live. And that really brings you to your knees, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. And um, then quite unexpectedly, things progressed and she caught pneumonia and she died at five weeks. Oh. So while we were trying to get acclimated to this, preparing for this year ahead, and 
how that would be. This happened suddenly and there were challenges every day. And, and then of course, you know, what that does to your marriage and your home. And there were so many other challenges that year. There were prayers of despair, quite honestly, and lack of hope. It opened the door to conversations with God and conversations with Our Lady who lost her son. Mm. And that really began my journey with with the rosary. And it was more <laughs> like that intense, fast-paced, rote prayers. I'm going to get through these and hopefully it will calm me down. And sometimes it did and sometimes it didn't. But it, it opened my heart and it got me praying in a way I'd never prayed before. I didn't pray the rosary growing up. Um, so it was new to me. And then I just came to understand it was more than just rote prayers. It was truly walking with Mary as I already had this instinct that I was walking with her. But then once I read more and understood the mysteries, I truly was walking with her each day in, on the various mysteries. Kind of like I like the joyful. <laughs> Lift it up. But boy, you know, the challenging ones and those sorrowful ones are so needed some days to know you're not alone mm -hmm. in that agony in the garden and when you're having your own agony in the garden. And, you know, did I fall asleep on the Lord or did those around me fall asleep on me? And just, you know, reflecting and opening your heart to God to guide you and tell you what, what your walk is um, it was very powerful for me. And um, it just grew and grew to move from despair to hope in an, in an amazing way. It made me stop for more than a few minutes of rope prayers. It made me, the rope prayers calmed me down so I could listen to God and I could, I don't sit still well. <laughs> so the rosary helps me sit still. And, and sometimes it takes me a couple of decades to really start slowing down and breathing differently and listening to the Lord. And hopefully by the end of that rosary, I've heard, listened, and my walk is a little different. Speaking about our Lady of Sorrows, you know, we're as we record this, it's September, and uh, I've been thinking a lot about her because of what she went through. You know, standing by our Lord as He was on the cross, and you're right when you're by a child who is very sick or dying, as you've been by a child like that. I've been by a child not who died, but who was very sick. Being there with her is a huge comfort. Huge comfort. It is. It is. It's, um, you know, you always turn to that friend that's been through what you've been through, right? Living or dead. So it's having that conversation. You know, I've, I've had friends suffer from cancer and it, it's, it puts me in the challenge of, I've never had cancer. I don't know what they're going through. So I understand when they turn to others that would understand someone mm -hmm. else that has had cancer. It makes all the sense in the world. And having those conversations with, you know, mothers and others that have gone before us that had those same sufferings. The conversations are different, you know, knowing all that Mary went through. And, you know, it's more than a role model for me. People say she's a role model. She's a saint. But she's a real friend to me in my conversations. And that's very different than what I grew up with. You know, I saw her as a statue in my bedroom, as an icon on a prayer card. Mm. Um, she wasn't real to me until I became a mother. Yeah. I mean, my own journey with the rosary has been uh, a long one, I guess. You know, being raised Protestant and not 
I don't know. It, it took me a long time to get to know that Mary is not a set of doctrines. That's a little bit different than a, a saint statue in your bedroom, but it's a similar thing, you know, to know that she's somebody who I can actually have a relationship with. And praying the rosary was always difficult because I would have to concentrate so much on these, the sort of rope prayers that I found difficult to pray for a long time, even though I knew the mysteries, I guess I had just thought of them as this is the account of Jesus's life, but it had never occurred to me that, oh, you can actually kind of enter into these scenes and you can be there and allow Mary to walk with you through them and to see them and enter them in kind of a deeper way. That was a very, very new concept to me. Mm -hmm. And I've been hearing uh, a lot over the last few years about this idea of the scriptural rosary. I still admit I haven't really tried it very much, but I wish you would talk about it a little bit. You know, what what is the scriptural rosary? What does it add? Do you pray it? I'd love to know. I love the scriptural rosary. I just love it. So it's, you know, I've read a little bit here and there. It's very interesting. Like the rosary, there's different accounts of the rosary over the years, and there's different accounts uh, of the scriptural rosary. And everything seems to come back to uh, the monks with the stones in their pocket and, and saying prayers and saying phrases. And, and I love the simplicity of that either way. So not so much important to me, the history of it, although I do love history and find it all fascinating. But for me, um, interestingly enough, after my daughter died, my mother um, gave me a little book on the scriptural rosary. And then unexpectedly, my mother died. Um, and at that point, I was going through a divorce and there was so much happening in my life that I kind of was, you know, praying the rosary sometimes <laughs> a little too fast, you know, like, um, again, starting to revert into some of those desperation type prayers. And what happened with the scriptural rosary is it, it slowed me down. It slowed me down. So the scriptural rosary before each Hail Mary, you say a little phrase from scripture and they build on each other. So through a decade, you've kind of lived out or been thinking about more deeply that that particular story in Christ or Mary's life. So it's not just the one phrase before that decade and then the 10 Hail Marys, which I happen to love. I love the simplicity of that. But sometimes when I really need to slow down, um, obviously, I can't play a scriptural rosary in the car. <laughs> Whether you should be praying the rosary in the car or not, uh, everyone's got an opinion on that. But I pray the rosary in the car. I pray the rosary anywhere. Um, I can pray one decade standing in line at the grocery store, and I can pray a <laughs> whole rosary sitting in the dentist chair that I hate to do. But the scriptural rosary, I really need to be in the presence of God, sitting quietly, and I have to have a book or something, a Bible in front of me to go through the scripture. And sometimes it's picking new scripture that maybe is on my own. Like, hmm. what do I want? And just opening the Bible and kind of creating, creating something. Or if there's something particular I want to focus on during Lent and picking some different scripture within the Sorrowful Mysteries. Um, so it really, it slows me down. Of course, you know, that that's always important for me to really um, be able to open my heart, listen, contemplate, and change. That's 
the hope of prayer. One for, for my hope is always to hear, which is so hard, and then be different or live differently in some way. And the scriptural rosary is deeper. It can't be, can't be done all the time in, in the brightest situations, but there's a, a really important time and place for me with the scriptural rosary. And it's not something I often do with others. It's, it's mostly private and personal for me. That was going to be my next question, because you have to look back and forth to scripture to be reading. I don't imagine you memorize all of it and slot them in automatically. That would be too difficult. But in a way, if you did it in a group, somebody reading it, that would help your mind to move through them without that interruption. But then it wouldn't be as deep, maybe, as what you're saying. There's always family prayer, especially, but there's always a time with a prayer. I've done it with a prayer group. Um the scriptural rosary. And I think all of that's important. Community prayer, family prayer is very important. It takes us, it takes me, I can only speak for me, outside myself. Mm-hmm. I have a great desire to pray alone, um, especially deep prayer. So it, it's a both hand for me. Mm-hmm. And it is beautiful. And it is, um, you know, I imagine families w- with many children, it, it almost gives like a lot of opportunities for everyone to lead part of it mm. you know the scripture once they can read is very short or maybe the mom could say the scriptural piece and the child could repeat it and how beautiful because the rosary is about repetition so we absorb it better so even if a parent said it and it's so short it's not a whole hail mary a young child could repeat it mm-hmm. so there's you know there's many creative ways we can pray and it's also personal to each person, but also to each family. But there's so many things you can do with the richness of the scriptural rosary. Something that came to my mind as you were just speaking is if you had older children who can read, just the, the actual fact that they have a Bible open in front of them and are reading it, then they're connecting the mysteries of the rosary to where you can find them in scripture. Right. Instead of just keeping them as something we hear about in church, but maybe that would encourage them to even go deeper into scripture later since they're more familiar with it. Yeah. Just getting comfortable using the Bible for Catholics, you know, well, Catholics, my age, I think younger Catholics are, are more comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I, I don't do books on tape or any of that Kindle or any of that. There's something physical about holding a book and relaxing and no screens and, um, whether that's old fashioned or not doesn't matter, although I've been told it is. Um, I've, I love the tangible and, and, and isn't our faith meant to be all of that? So yes. when I hold a Bible, just picking up a Bible, just picking up rosary beads, you know, I, I love ritual. I love all these special, unique traditions of the Catholic faith. So when I pick up beads or pick up a Bible and touch it, I feel different immediately. Mm. So that's, you know, opening that Bible up is like such a an experience, just yeah. opening the Bible. So I have a Bible right now open in front of me, and it's the Living the Word Catholic Women's Bible, because it has your an essay that you wrote in the back of it, in the, I guess, near the index, Praying the Scriptural Rosary. A Journey with Christ and His Mother Mary. And in that, you explain how to do it, and then you have some suggested verses uh, to accompany the various mysteries, as well as a little meditation. And I think probably for 
the case of space, maybe, or maybe this is just a different way to, uh, to pray it. For example, the Annunciation, you have a very short passage and then a meditation, but it looks as though you would pray that passage with every bead. Is that correct? Or would you, would you pray the whole passage with every bead? Would you break it up? All of them are different lengths. Some of them are just one verse. So I'm thinking that maybe you would pray the same thing each time, and each time maybe you would go a little bit deeper. Is that the only way to do it, or, or does it matter? That's a great question. For me, <laughs> um, there's no way. It's just what works for you or your family. John Paul II told us, the rosary is a prayer of the laity. And, you know, the beauty of the rosary, when I talk to people in our ministry centers around the world, it's always interesting to talk about local customs and how they pray a little differently. I find it fascinating. How I do it is just phrases before each Hail Mary that kind of build on each other mm -hmm. or complement each other. When I've done it with others, I've gone so far as to put it on paper um, so we can all do it together sometimes, especially if I've picked things throughout, you know, various passages. But typically, you know, it's picking one section, even if it's just like one paragraph in the Bible, and then just just saying a phrase and stopping at some point and moving on to the Hail Mary. Mm -hmm. So you're really just doing a short reading in the Bible within one decade of the rosary. So it's this beautiful balance of um, the rosary prayer with the beads in your hands and just the Bible in front of you. And this is the, you know, the paragraph we're going, this is the passage, this is the story we're going to go through today. Well, I can't wait to try that myself, but I'm kind of hoping that maybe you and I could pray a decade. Can we just do one decade together just to kind of illustrate uh, and ask everyone who's listening to pray along with us just to get kind of the feel for how you do that and what that what that is? I would love that. I'd love for people to, um, you know, it's like the first time you try anything can be a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, as it has been when I've done this with my family or others. But then once you experience it, the next time so much easier. And it's so rich. I don't. I wouldn't want people to be uncomfortable. So if we can help people try a scriptural rosary, and, and hopefully those that already pray it will appreciate a little variety here. In one decade, there are those that, you know, really want you to pray the whole rosary. And there are evenings I pray one decade, and it'll take me a half an hour to get through one decade hmm. because I can feel the Lord speaking to me. So I'm totally comfortable with one decade slowly and prayerfully. And Which decade should we do? Do you have a favorite or a, you already said you don't have favorites. So what, what are you <laughs> going to do? Well, my favorites are the joyful, but you know, this is the year of the Eucharist. This is the year that yeah. we're all building towards Eucharistic revival. What if we do the fifth Luminous Mystery, the Institution of the Eucharist, okay. and um, some passages that will talk about the Eucharist with us. Sounds good. What passage should we do? Well, let's go to John 6, 35 through 40. Okay, that'd be great. And if you could lead it, because I would have no clue what to do. <laughs> and I'll just do the, the usual responses, if that's okay, and uh, ask everyone to pray along with us. It would be beautiful. If you want to turn to your Bibles, then what did you say, John 6, 35 to 40? Yes. And you'll read those passages so people um, don't need to see them, but you might enjoy seeing them in your Bible as we go. Mm, thank you. 
Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. The Fifth Luminous Mystery, The Institution of the Eucharist Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. He who comes to me shall not hunger. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In him who comes to me, I will not cast out. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And I will raise him up on the last day. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of mercy. Our our life, life, our sweetness, and and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, O most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us. And after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Venerable Patrick Payton, pray for us. Queen of the Most Holy Rosary, pray for us. Thank you. Man, that was beautiful. You know what I love about that? Because often when I try to pray the rosary, my mind just travels all over the place. And this just kept bringing me back to the mystery. So I'm definitely going to try to make a practice of doing this. Thank you for introducing it to me and to all who are listening. And in addition to that, so this is October, or this will be October when this is released. And um, we're urged to dedicate October to the Blessed Virgin Mary through daily recitation of her rosary, I understand. Is that something that you um, promote through your organization? Do you have suggestions for people on how best to do that? Or Well, who wouldn't you go to but Father Patrick Payton, who loved Our Lady so much? His dying <laughs> words were, my queen, my mother. And, um, you know, it's, it's all about the rosary here. And familyrosary.org has a wealth of, of resources for families, for individuals, for groups, for prayer groups to use and pray together. It's a it's an exciting, you know, we love May and October, and I certainly do as well. And I hope people will uh, pray with us throughout the month of October and all year long. But if you're new to it, mm-hmm. um, come find some very simple, beautiful resources for you. And if, if you love it and have been praying it forever, um, you'll find some new and beautiful resources. And, and, and the beauty of it is they're all free. FamilyRosary.org. Well, thank you so much, Susan. It has been a delight talking to you today. I thank also everyone who has been listening. Please tell your friends and join me every Thursday for conversations with women who love and live God's Word. This is Sarah Chris Meyer, and this has been the Living the Word Bible Podcast. And as you head into fall, please consider using the Living the Word Companion Journal to track your progress through a part of Scripture. You know, maybe even through Scripture that's related to the mysteries of the Rosary and see if the Lord touches your heart in a new way as you pray with them. So that Companion Journal and the Living the Word Bible are available from AveMariaPress.com. And be sure to use the promo code BiblePodcast all this year for a special discount and free shipping. You can also join our Instagram community at Living the Word Bible, and I look forward to seeing you there. God bless you as you read and pray with His Word.